people speak of God, Martin Luther said they can take two paths. There's the way of glory or the way of the cross. One method builds a picture of God according to what seems reasonable to human beings. The other looks to the most foolish thing imaginable, a bleeding victim on the cross. And they say, there, there is God. One looks like the heavenly path, but it leads to hell. The other looks hellish, but it is the very gate of paradise. The scary thing is that we all naturally go the wrong way. We naturally think according to the way of glory. Allow me to demonstrate. Uh, let me ask you some questions and you can monitor your gut reactions. Imagine that a preacher calls a group or an activity satanic. What sorts of things are you imagining? What earns the label satanic? Naturally, we might think of death metal music or voodoo ceremonies or something like that, I don't know. But Jesus in Matthew 16 has something very different in mind. Here's another hypothetical. Imagine that a preacher wants you to savor the things of God. What would you imagine he meant by the things of God? Perhaps you're thinking about calm and peace and serenity and pictures of still lakes and snow-capped mountains and that sort of thing. Jesus in Matthew 16 has something very different in mind. Or another hypothetical. Imagine the preacher wants you to be less mindful of the things of men in order to concentrate on the things of God. What do you think of as the things of men? Perhaps you're thinking about gross sins, lust and anger and greed. But once again, Jesus in Matthew 16 is thinking of something altogether different. Let's read from Matthew 16 and verse 20. Just after, this, you know, Peter has just uh, been correctly identifying Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and in return, Peter is called the Rock, and he's given the keys of the kingdom. It's this mountaintop experience. And then, Matthew 16, verse 20, Jesus warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the, the Messiah, the Christ. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day rise to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Here are six shocks uh, from this passage. Six things that absolutely upend our ordinary way of thinking about religion and spirituality and that sort of thing. Shock number one. Jesus goes from son of gods to sacrificial victim in the space of five verses here. Having just been declared the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus immediately proclaims his own death. He must be killed. His identity is Son. His mission is sacrifice. And if we don't understand the sacrifice, we don't understand the Son. Jesus is the Christ, but he refuses to be known as a crossless Christ. If we think of him without the cross, we have fallen for the terrible way of glory, so-called glory. Shock number two, Peter buys into the way of glory. And in doing so, he descends from key holder in the kingdom to conduit of Satan in just four verses. Stunning turnaround. Jesus identifies in Peter's words the voice of the devil distracting him from the cross. 
Later, Peter will write of the cross as a stone of stumbling and a rock of offence. But before he wrote of it, he tripped on it. No sooner was he named Rocky than he stumbled over the true rock, Jesus Christ. Shock number three, the things of men are satanic. Isn't that a shock? Peter discusses the things of men, and that, that's what makes his advice diabolical. So think, what side is humanity on if merely pursuing the natural things of humanity is satanic? What side are we on as a human race? Shock number four, pursuing the things of men is a simple matter of moving towards comfort and avoiding the way of the cross. The things of men seem like the very reasonable desire to avoid sacrifice and pursue an easy life. If we flinch from the cross and go for comfort, that's satanic. Shock number five. Peter's sin is not even that he desires his own comfort, but that he desires to divert Jesus from the cross. Peter thinks he's helping Jesus. In fact, his encouragement to self-protection is demonic. To desire a Christ without a cross is the basic definition of the way of so-called glory. And the way of so-called glory is the way of Satan. Shock number six. The things of God means Christ crucified. The highest height of deity is Jesus bleeding for devils like Peter. Do you want to savor the things of God? Look resolutely to the cross. There our gut reactions are overturned. What are the things of men? They are not neutral, but satanic. What is it to be satanic? Simply to shun the way of the cross. What are the things of God? They are Christ and Him crucified. I find this profoundly challenging. I think I meant to. If even Peter the Rock can get things so devilishly wrong, then we're all in trouble, aren't we? So then let's allow Jesus to redefine all those concepts that we think we know so well. What is glory? It's the cross. What are the things of God? The cross. What about God himself? How should we picture him? Look again to the cross. There you see true reality. The bleeding victim praying, Father forgive. That's the very glory and nature of God. When other competing pictures of God and the Christian life crowd in, let us say, get behind me, Satan. And let us again survey the wondrous cross.